Sex Mouse. Mm-mm. Sex Mouse. Mm-mm. Sex Mouse. I'm gonna click your buttons day and night. I'm gonna push your buttons, make it right. Sex Mouse. <laughs> gonna roll your little wheel thing. Sex oh, and Mouse. It's all staying in, I hope. Okay, <laughs> here we go. Ready? Mm-hmm. Is there another verse? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe later. All right. Welcome back to Trends in Low Places, a comedic exploration of the dumbest stories of the day. I am one of your hosts, Mike Cushing. And I am the Sanford to his son, Michael Howard. Do we wah, move on? Wah, I don't. <laughs> Well, hey, Dad, how are you? I'm, I'm good, except that I have this heart problem. I'm gonna have a heart attack. Yeah, well, you know, you can't win them all. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come to see her, you know, when I die. It's a product of the, of you know, the times. You're an unhealthy man, but I was normal for the 70s or 80s. I don't know when that show was on. I'm pretty sure it was 70s. So Seems just right, just rampant cocaine. I assume mm-hmm. everywhere. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I for, I was I had something to talk about. Oh, I remember, Michael. I've been fighting off a cold for the last six days, and I have one thing to blame because I have not been sick. I don't think a single time we've ever recorded this podcast in the last two years. I have not been sick. I was sick last time. Do you think you got it from me through the internet? Yeah. Maybe, but I'm. I I think Michael, if you search through our history and our doctrine, there's one thing that I have been doing faithfully up until recently that has mm-hmm, kept mm-hmm. me from being ill. Would you care to take a, a wild guess? Yep, you've been drinking again. I've been drinking. Well, I ha- but you I, hadn't been. I hadn't That's been drinking problem. again for the last two episodes of this show, and, and now I you're think sick. God punished me and made me sick in my in my you could probably hear it in my nasals a bit of a a husk husky tones well and what important lesson have you learned never stop drinking never stop stopping Mm -hmm. never stop stop stopping drinking exactly um so yeah no i think uh, i removed the alcohol from my system for the last 22 days and I realized that was all that was standing between me and the vicious plagues that are out in the world and in a large company. Your in immune system was just drunk all the time, so it just fought everybody. Well, no, good I, or well, bad. It was, yeah, it was just a, a Bostonian <laughs> immune system. I think it was more the alcohol was killing everything before my immune system had to deal mm-hmm. with it, and then it had to flounder on its own for a couple weeks, and it couldn't handle it. It's like, oh, my first line of defense is gone. I haven't been working for the last two years because I haven't had to. <laughs> now I actually have to do stuff. I forgot how to do it. I forgot how to white blood cell. Mm-hmm. So mm, that's a good. Yeah, man. How low are those bad boys? Mm. Hmm. Well, Michael, how are you doing, friend? I'm doing great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's um, an ice storm here today, and uh. Covered in snow and it's cold as fuck. So, you know, I'm great. Well, I mean, at least it's cold, uh, comparatively cold as fuck here in Atlanta. It was 21 degrees over the weekend, which is pretty cold for a southern lad like myself. And I didn't like it, but it gave me an excuse to stay inside and be sick. So that was nice. That's a good point. But aside from from this hellscape that is 
Chicago winter. Uh, it's going pretty well. I, in my writing class last night, um, my comedy writing. Yes. Um, I had to write a dialogue scene between two people and uh, it went over very well, which is, I think it's the first time that I have written something creative that wasn't a, uh, an assignment. And then I showed someone else it like more than one person. How did it well, break me off a piece? What was it? it? Well, the funniest thing was, is it literally was like an amalgamation of conversations that me and Rachel have had about various topics. And they're not particularly funny. Like there's no punchlines, but they're sure. just entertaining conversations, especially when they get punched up a little bit by the class. That's how, that's how I like to think about this show. Not particularly funny, but <laughs> mashed together enough, you get a laugh here and there. Well, it was actually it was actually very satisfying to have somebody like, you know, I had two people read the lines and people laughed in places and and like things that I didn't necessarily think were funny. Right. Um and that's a good feeling when people are like laugh at the things you've written and not because it's bad. Yeah, that's how I felt um the first time I, I gave, well, yeah, the first time I gave a best man speech mm-hmm. was at my brother's wedding, and I was, I had just turned 21. Uh, it was my first time being in, oh. it was my first real wedding. Your first time being, being drunk, that's that's tough. You got to give yeah. a Yeah, no, I had just turned 21, so it was like, oh, wow, I just discovered alcohol at my brother's wedding. Um, no, but I, it was my understanding that toast generally right after or like during dinner, you know, nope. um, well, that was that was my conception. Uh, theirs was after they cut the cake. Yeah. So plenty is, of time. Uh, three to four hours into the, the damn thing. And yeah. uh, I was nervous, obviously. So I kept saying, OK, I'll just have a drink to calm my nerves. <laughs> I said that 14 times. <laughs> uh, so by the time it got to it, I was approaching blackout drunk. Um, but I remember giving the toast which is important but i mostly remember everyone laughing where i wanted them to laugh specifically where i want where i wanted them to laugh and like aw in where i wanted them to aw so you had them in the palm of your hand i really did like a marionette just just doing your little puppetry 300 people were dancing at my every whim and demand Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. it was great but um yeah no, no there's no there's no better feeling than people laughing when you want them to laugh Yes, that's, that's so the important. important part. That's what we kind of miss out on here. I feel like people should have to send us videos of them laughing at things we're saying. It would really help us, me. Ha, I thought that joke was funny. <laughs> that's true. Just on Twitter, just be like, ha ha. You don't even have to say what joke it was. Just say, just like tweet at us like ha ha. And then we'll know that you thought something we said was funny. The things are what we usually get are Dave Barnes sending us like gross gifts of like reactions to things that are like, okay, great. And then also people are like, you know what you should have said was this. I'm like, oh yeah, no, like I get it. Like I always think of jokes after, like when I'm editing, it's like, you know what would be funny here? This. Mm-hmm. And then we get it in, in Twitter or the text messages like, you guys kind of fucked this one. It's like, yeah, well, you know, nobody's perfect. I did see a tweet today that uh, said... There is no closer feeling to being a ghost than listening to a podcast and having the people on it argue about a topic that you know the answer to. Mm-hmm. Where you're just like screaming like, no, it's this, you idiots. Man, this our show must really frustrate people then because 
even when I know about a topic, I usually forget what I want to say. Like it happened five minutes ago. I forgot what I wanted to say for the intro to this show. <laughs> like even if I know a topic, my mind goes completely blank yep. during this during recording. So I just kind of flounder until I make nonsense words with my dumb mouth. And then uh, hopefully I, we get to a point eventually. But, you know. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> You know, sometimes sometimes a good just a good pregnant pause is good for comedy, you know? Yeah. Luckily we're gonna truncate silence on this one, so that'll be just it'll be like a a purely audio medium. It just you get a laugh from me by staring at me on the Google Hangout, which is so so critically important. Just stay silent long enough until people think that literally the podcast has ended and they're about to hit pause or like the next episode and then oh, we're back. Gotcha. We, we can't both do it. Shit. Um, <laughs> Michael, I want to talk to you about a story. I We saw I literally saw it three hours after I we hit publish. No, actually, we didn't publish last week's episode. Um, I saw it, I think, three hours after we stopped recording the last episode. Mm, that that happens sometimes. And it's very, very, very annoying. It's the worst. It's um, like, hey, get your news out before we fucking record. How hard is it? It's it's always the day after. It, like, the best stories break. Um, so, I don't want to talk politics too much, because that's not this show. We, we learned that quickly. But there was a BuzzFeed news article that came out at this point a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, um, that apparently has been mostly uh, flavor blasted by uh, Robert Mueller. About Michael Cohen taking direction from Trump to lie uh, about the Moscow Tower. I don't care. Now they just story- they just said that some of the facts were wrong. They like they did not include the fact that there is a P tape. I, I don't care. You do care about the P tape. Everyone. Cares I care about, about the P tape. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for catching me in that lie. I don't care about anything else in that story. Nope. Because Michael, you said some of the facts can't be proven. Mm-hmm. One of the facts. <laughs> is the most blatantly obvious, amazing things I've ever seen. And sorry, and this wasn't even the BuzzFeed thing. I'm conflating two different things. This was a Wall Street Journal article um, about Michael Cohen hiring an IT firm to rig early CNBC and Drudge polls to favor Trump. So two totally different topics. I'm sorry. I crossed my wires. Doesn't matter because the important (laughs) thing is that Michael Cohen also took money from Donald Trump to start a Twitter account to talk about how hot Michael Cohen is <laughs> and that he was a sex symbol. Well, did, so didn't he, you know, he specifically was supposed to start it to be a women for Trump uh, thing, but they didn't, they were just like, he also decided to throw in there like, oh, women for Trump. Also, have you women seen Cohen. Michael Cohen? The Twitter account. Which was run by a friend of some pollster that he hired, created the Twitter account, Women for Cohen, uh, created in May 2016, described Mr. Cohen as, quote, a sex symbol, praised his looks and character, and promoted his appearances and statements, boosting Mr. Trump's candidacy. And then it really just, it's just selfies of Michael Cohen, like, like, there's images of him taking a photo with his the f- reflection of his phone in his sunglasses and just <laughs> never too late for a man crush monday <laughs> how sad of a person do you have to be like was he hoping that if 
other people thought that women thought he was sexy, that that would then make those people think he was sexy? Like, I guess. But I mean, the thing is, though, like, I can't say that if I had money, I wouldn't make fake Twitter accounts telling people how cool I am. (laughs) But... (laughs) It's like he used his own photos. It's like not even just random shit. Um, and also, like, I think it really just puts the lie to like a lot of Trump shit like early on that he had like the best people. It's like the people just took your fucking money, all the money you took from your dumb, dumb idiot supporters and made Twitter accounts to tell your idiot supporters how attractive they are. I mean, Michael Cohen, he's a good-looking dude. That's all I'm saying, you know? Sex symbol, I didn't obviously. think he was, but then I saw this Twitter account that said he was, and now I think he is. Because Twitter is always right. I mean, I guess there's no more, like, Trumpian tactic than just telling people how cool you are. Like, you you say it. I think the best part about this is that the guy he paid, uh, some guy named Gouger, went to Liberty University. Gouger? Gouger, That's yeah, too on Gager, the nose. Gager, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but so he went to Liberty University, Jerry Falwell's like Oh God. Citadel of shit. And the, the comment from Will Sommer, the guy I found this on on Twitter, it's just just imagine Michael Cohen, known sleazebag, telling a <laughs> Liberty, Uni- Liberty <laughs> University graduate that he wants to be a quote or a hashtag man crush Monday. <laughs> <laughs> and having to explain that. <laughs> It just goes to show you that these these fucking people are like Liberty University. It's all hypocrisy and bullshit. Mm-hmm. They're just a bunch of rich assholes trying to keep their money and get more money from stupid people like Michael Cohen. Sure, yeah, I'll, sure, yeah, I'll run a woman account that says your dick is huge. Whatever, Mike, give me the fucking money. I don't know if anything. I, don't, I hope the Twitter account did talk about his dick. I don't see but, how you can not talk about his dick. If you're a woman for Trump, I mean, a woman for Cohen site, I mean, be like, oh, man, show me that dick, though, Michael Cohen. Pretty good hog. Because um, <laughs> that would probably be what I would do is I would just tweet at myself. I would hire someone in a fake Twitter account to tweet at me trying to get me to show them my dick. This is a very good tweet. Just no wonder real Donald Trump chose, chose at Michael Cohen 212 as his right hand man. He's charming, intelligent and handsome. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I think if you are trying to prove that you weren't writing your own twitter account you can't just go right for it i mean why not that's the i mean that's what's been winning right you just directly say shit you don't need to hide it anymore you just come out and say it and apparently it's totes cool it is totes cool damn <laughs> michael i will damn it we've we've been doing this podcasting social media thing all wrong yeah and by which I mean all, all wrong, I mean we haven't been doing it at all, but clearly we just need to talk about how handsome and strong and smart we are. <laughs> There's going to be like seven accounts that pop up. Tilp is awesome. Women for Tilp. <laughs> Women for Kush Squad. There we go. <laughs> all right, Michael, what do you got going on for me this week, buddy? Sexy Man Meat Monday. It's um, a little on the nose. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, So speaking of people paying money for terrible objects. uh, Sure. CES was uh, this past couple weeks. A couple weeks ago, I think. Yeah. Two Um, weeks ago. Two weeks ago. And there were some doozies this year, Kush. So what is is CES, Michael? Tell tell us all about it. CES is the Consumer Electronics Show. 
and it is where there is a combination of uh you know your big companies your your intels and your samsungs and sony's and shit but then you also have these startups um that they bring some interesting things to Mm -hmm. that they're trying to market and you know a lot of them have like demos so like somebody thought about this and then thought it was still a good idea to then build it and then they once they built it then they brought it to a place where lots of people would see it (laughs) like they were proud of it sure so um a couple times we we usually go through some of these bad ones sure Say, so yeah, if you do, you have any any particular ones that you just? I mean, I think the one that really stood out was the smart toilet, <laughs> uh, and not just. I mean, no, we're talking about some, bad products, guys. I mean, <laughs> I'm not fully bought into the Internet of Things, but I'm pretty sure. I mean, I can think of some applications of the smart toilet that I want. I am 100 percent sure that the smart toilet. That I'm sure cost $6,000 that was featured at CES, do not have. But if I can have a smart toilet that if I wake up and just say, good morning, Google. Shut up, house. (laughs) Um, And then in the intervening like two minutes from when I wake up and say that to my bedroom, my toilet seat has warmed itself up to a comforting temperature for my bum. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That is all I want from a smart toilet. I don't need it to have like Spotify embedded in the in the seat so it plays me my favorite tunesies. But what when if, I go tunesies? What if it sensed your buttocks when you put yeah. it down on the seat and it knew exactly what settings you want, it knew what music you wanted to hear. Hold on, what settings do I need on like some, so- my some soothing some soothing poop music? Soothing poop music, sure. Uh maybe maybe a nice scent to help okay. you. Here's the thing, though. Maybe like a, I don't know what scents like lavenders or daffodils. One of those has to like loosen your sphincter. I Here's assume. the thing, though, Michael. If we're gonna go for that, if we're gonna go to, if I sit down on a toilet <laughs> and it's it sets, it gives me my settings. It lifts you up to the right height. Stop it. Or no, lowers here, you to the no, right. No, Michael. Yes. We're gonna. I'm I'm taking you a layer. <laughs> I'm, I'm we're going one layer deeper. If it's gonna do that. It needs to go all the way, and I need I need full biometrics and bioinformatics. Ooh. It needs to read my mood because, Michael, I don't know about you. Are you in the same mental zone every time when you sit down on the toilet? No, definitely not. So definitely not. I need a smart toilet seat that reads my full zone and my full mood and like everything. Yeah. And I needed to pick the proper soundtrack for I'm in a hurry or oops, this is a mistake or an emergency. Like if, if like you're Kenny Long go, danger zone starts playing on your way in when you really got to go. Like if it senses you approaching at speed or like doing the dance that you're like trying to get your belt off and like get the pants down. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, I need danger zone or some like real speed rock. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. But if I'm like, if it senses me with a book in my hand or like a crossword puzzle, then yeah, okay, you know, give me some slow jams. That's fine. But I need, I need that level. If you're gonna do it, if in for a penny and for a pound, you better read my entire body through my butt. I also want. Or stats. don't do it at all. I also want stats. If you're, if you're smart, if you have a smart toilet, there should be stats. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> like, because they say, hey, the scrubs taught me that everything you can find out about a person's health is in their poop. Mm-hmm. So why not a smart toilet that can just figure out all of my health problems? 
I read a Just headline. We're get we're gonna get off topic. I read a headline. Um, didn't read the article because I mean I should have because it was interesting. But uh, something about like a certain percentage of people have um super poop for like fecal transplants. And I didn't read it, but I'm very interested in what the actual science is behind there. It's not really funny, but actually it is the thought of super poop that I can just transplant to other people. I'm interested <laughs> in it. <laughs> so, so many people, some people have like an overabundance of bacteria in their poop. An overabundance like good, of good like, bacteria. Good stuff. The like good they're, they're just cultivating like that nice shit. Like literal nice shit. <laughs> Okay, here's another one. Here, yeah. sorry. This is a Samsung fridge refrigerator that will ping your phone if you leave the door open. Why the fuck isn't it smart enough to close the goddamn door? Because that would that would require more than just a sensor. It's got to have like a motor on it and shit. Oh, so they put a fucking modem in it. <laughs> well, it already had a modem because everything's smart now. I, I, I have to think that a simple actuator to pull the door closed is way cheaper than lines and lines of code. <laughs> or just beeping like mine does. Or just close the goddamn door. That's, How many people are leaving their fridge door open that regularly? I mean, I do it literally all the time. <laughs> just cracked. Just cracked open. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. That's true. Okay, so you're Which, not saying it's all the way open. Yeah, if it was just cracked open and it just needed, it was like, oh, it's cracked open. Let me close this shit. And that doesn't even feel like it needs anything that smart. It could just be like a simple, just like analog mechanical yeah. tool. That's just like, oh, this didn't close all the way. Yeah, pull it close. Or a fridge that senses when you're coming because you have a you have a key in your pocket, like your car. You know, can unlock mm-hmm. itself. The the fridge either locks or unlocks itself depending on whether you are on a particular diet <laughs> or like certain drawers. Because like, hey, that hey. has shades of. Uh, I actually don't like that because. Um, I actually went to, speaking of Christian school, <laughs> did we bring up Christian school earlier? I think we did. Um, I went to school with a family, uh, a lot of kids in it, uh, and the dad had dad only snacks <laughs> that he would keep in a cupboard and he would padlock the cupboard <laughs> so no one else in his family could eat his snacks. <laughs> no, that's great. He was an asshole though, so. Oh, well, he was, but like, I get it, like. How many times have you been with it? You have a roommate, right? Or a couple roommates and they're eating your food or like there's not enough space and they have all this weird shit in there. If you could have separate sections that only open for you. That is true. Right? It's four I would doors. That in, the, in the smart, fr- I feel like the smart fridge should be smart enough to like, nah, <laughs> you didn't say the magic word. Uh-uh. It's just Newman. It's just Newman from Jurassic Park when you try to open the salad drawer. Yeah. And there are like, there's a cheesecake slice in there. It's like, Mm-mm, get out of here. If you try to take it, then it sprays you in the face with poison mm-hmm. and acid. And then it eats you in a cheap. Um, a smart a breast other- pump. You say breast pump? Yeah, smart one, though. Okay. Um, just how smart does it have to be when you like you have to manually put it to your breast? Nah, you just you just put it inside your bra, and you can okay. go about your day and just like does its thing, just pumps it right out, and okay. then and then you just have to remove it. Which sure. I, I mean that's a pretty good one. That seems fine. Yeah. I, I don't know how it works. Here's another one: a camera you put on your baby so you can see pictures of what your baby sees. Okay, that's how is that different from the cameras you put on your dog or cat? 
Uh, you can charge more for it. <laughs> well, that here's how it's different. Dogs and cats do interesting things. Your baby only sees what you allow it to see. Also, it can't see shit. It's okay. It's just going to show you your feet or your face because babies don't do anything cool. Well, even at like three months old, they can't see more than like 15 feet. So I'm only interested if it actually shows me what the baby sees, like the exact colors. How, so you just how, want a, much a hyper low def camera exactly. covered in saran wrap <laughs> that for some reason loves you. I mean, that would give people a better idea of what they're dealing with with kids, right? You'd be like, oh, I thought my baby could see me, but it's just smiling at absolutely nothing because it can't see more than four feet in front of its face. Mm -hmm. I'm attributing way too much to this tiny potato. (laughs) Most people do. Michael, how about the world's first autonomous shower? Autonomous? Mm -hmm. So does it um, get me out of bed and shower me while I'm asleep? No, I think it just runs when it wants to. (laughs) (laughs) No user interaction involved. Actually, it does sound kind of like, uh, it looks like the first bullet point on the the banner I see is instant hot water, which sounds like the only benefit of this is that it it negates the burst of cold water from water left in, like, the shower hose. Okay, that's just having, like, that's just like one of those tankless water heaters where you have Mm -hmm. small pipes that run over heating elements so that the water is always hot, like, at the point of use. Yeah. That's not new. Um... Do you remember, there was a movie back when we were younger. <clears throat> I don't remember the name of it. I just remember there was one. You remember that clock that had the, the cat eyes and the cat eyes would go back and forth and the tail would wag as like the pendulum for the clock. You ever see yeah. those? Yeah, of course. So this Felix? movie. Huh? It was Felix. Yeah, right? it was Felix. Felix. Yeah. So this movie had that cat in it and the house was like evil somehow or it was like connected and I just remember that the woman gets locked in her shower and then the scalding hot water comes on and it basically like gives her like third degree burns from like uh, locking yeah. her in it. And that's all I can think of when you tell me about an autonomous shower. It's true. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I feel like I'm not too much. I'm not too much of an Elon Musk on this thing, but I do kind of buy into like, why give robots extra tools to kill us? Mm-hmm. Like, like, why? Like, there's no upside to a, a smart shower or, like, a smart robot toilet that can pull you down into it or crush you in the seat. Like, no, I'm not giving you that option. Sorry. <laughs> like, I never want to die on a toilet, but I, I definitely don't want to be crushed to death by a robot toilet. Like, if I have to die shitting, it's going to be on my terms. <laughs> yeah, there's too many things that can kill us. Like, mm-hmm. like, I'm looking at one right here. There's a... um. A robot that plays ping pong. Like, come on. Great. Great. He's gonna, gonna hit a ball at me 200 miles an hour yeah, right through my head. That's all no, I thanks. Need. Yeah. A kettlebell <laughs> that's connected. I mean, luckily you still have to move the kettlebell. <laughs> I assume. I'm just saying, like, we're all we're all so worried about I mean, obviously wheel boys and leg boys coming coming <laughs> for us. But I think it's it's the little things, like the smart light bulbs that are really good, just going to fuck us all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You never think about it, but mm, look at you. Um, internet-connected block of wood. An interconnected block of wood. Internet-connected block of wood. It does have a power cord for, you know, power and stuff. What do I do with this block of wood that is connected oh, to the internet? All sorts of stuff. Um, basically... 
um, everything your smartphone or any other smart device could do. It could tell you the weather or the time of day. And that's um is it is it just it. is the thing that they just um is it actual wood? Oh yeah, it's okay. a block so of there, wood there, with there... some LEDs embedded into it. It comes with um five icons that will display on the home screen to show the weather, uh temperature. You can adjust lighting, you can you can display your Spotify music list, or you can open your smart doorbell. Um and it costs a thousand dollars. So they took a block of wood, they hollowed uh-huh. out some parts and put some like electronics in it, you mm-hmm. know, a Bluetooth, a, a little tiny modem, and then they they basically upcharged you from nothing to a thousand dollars. Yes, exactly. Okay. Um, cool, yeah, cool, cool, welcome to cool. the Internet of Things, cool. my dude. Um, yeah, Michael, did you have any favorites? Sorry, I. Yes, it's called Pulse, from nineteen eighty eight. They're being menaced by a living and intelligent pulse of electricity that moves from house to house and terrorizes the residents therein. Terrible movie. Go and watch it. It's great. Sounds pretty bad. Did you have a favorite product from CES? <laughs> um, I don't have a favorite product, but I do have a couple things that I am I'm very concerned about. So this one uh, has a box. It's just a basically a cardboard box that says Origin, Orig. 3N, you know, because they're cool. And it says, uh, Grab Life uh-huh. by the Jeans, and it has a little slot in this box that says, Drop DNA tests here. No. So they're just collecting DNA from everyone at CES for free. I don't know what they're going to yeah. do with it. I assume clone them all. I don't know. I guess. I mean, apparently China did that. So, did you hear about that? The rogue no. scientist who just used CRISPR to, like, make babies? No. And then he's under, like, house arrest and some, like, yeah. And, like, China just confirmed that he actually did it. Okay. Like, two weeks ago. I just made, you just made people. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Um, The other one that I saw that was a little concerning was there was an NSA thing that said NSA cell phone charging station. (laughs) And did it say, like, you know you want to plug in or something like that? You know you want to plug it in. So that one was kind of funny. That That was more on the funny side, but also... You know that they were like completely hacking your shit, mm-hmm. and they're like, "But we told you we were going to." Oh, I thought it was a joke. Why would we joke about that? You know what? I'd do it. I don't have anything to hide. <laughs> it's like if the NSA wants all my pictures of Sora, they already have them. That's true. I send I send them to everybody. They're, they already got them. Um, yeah, I think the fully automated pet toilet. I don't really need. You've never you've say- never had a cat. Uh, this isn't a toilet. This is, or it's not a a, a, a bo- like a litter box. It's a pet toilet. Oh, oh! I was, I thought you were talking about the litter box one, the the purr song. Nope, smart is, litter well, box. I'm gonna see what this looks like. It's called the Inu box. I N U. Ooh, I don't like that. No, um, it's a I don't bad like name. It at all. It's the first device for dogs that captures, processes, and contains your dog's waste with a fully automated process. So it's basically like the ghost catching device from <laughs> Ghostbusters, but for dog poop. Um, <laughs> but okay, so it's just a box that sits in the corner of your apartment, much like a litter box. <laughs> also, one of the first pictures of the dogs they have on their Facebook page is one of the fattest golden retrievers I've ever seen. Um, I. So it, okay, so it has a pad that folds out, and then your dog is supposed to shit on it, 
and then it what? pulls the poop on a like a little treadmill into itself. Okay, you, and I have, guess you have a it. dog. I have dogs. When has a dog ever been remotely accurate where it's dropping its shit and doesn't uh, walk around in a circle and just leave a circle of shit? Here's two things also. Sora's two least favorite things at the vet. Taking her temperature, <laughs> getting on the scale, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is what this is, standing on a small pad for no reason. Yeah. Sora hates that shit. Literally. And would shit off the side of it. <laughs> yeah. So, good lord. And also, there's just something about, like, yeah, I'm going to poop and then treadmill your dog shit into a box and maybe clean it? I don't know. What about the weird sex stuff, though? Oh, there was the, um, yeah, so... CS is all about pushing the envelope and making interesting, interesting, quote unquote, consumer products. Um, And they give out prizes for the top tech. Uh, But apparently they gave one award to a personal massager um, and then withdrew it because uh, they said it was uh, salacious. Oh, yes. But really, it was just because it was a sex toy focused on female pleasure. Uh, so, it, yeah, it was basically just a vibrator that mimicked a lot of the sensations of human interaction. Uh, and uh, they gave it an award and then took it away because they said it was immoral, obscene, indecent, and profane, and not within keeping with the uh, Consumer Technology Association's uh, best practices. Uh, of course. Um, but they didn't just, realize it until just now. After they, we gave you the award, we realized, oh, it's not a personal massager. They also didn't realize that a literal sex doll for men was also on the floor at CS. <laughs> oh, and there no. was a VR porn company where literally men were just standing around watching porn in public as other people walked by with just, you know, a VR headset. Yes. On. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which I can't imagine a worse way to watch porn than one in VR, but two in VR in a crowded conference convention center with many people walking around you. I don't, we've talked about this before. I don't understand people who just watch porn like at yeah. the office or just like at CES, apparently. Mm-hmm. Like it's a, like it's the next Marvel movie or something. Like it's not, Wait, it's not good. People who wait in line. To be the next person to watch porn on a VR headset. <laughs> oh, God. I saw Boogie Nights for the first time this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's amazing, first of all. But it, my favorite part was that they kept, Burt Reynolds just kept talking about how he wanted to make a real movie that just happened to be people having sex. And then mm-hmm. they make the just the worst, dumbest movie with the worst, dumbest dialogue. And they're like, yes. That's it. We've done it. We We've nailed it. it. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, I have a question. If you were the kind of person, and I, obviously I'm going to ask you to put yourself in someone else's shoes mm. here for a second, or in someone else's pants. Um, if you were the kind of person who would go to a consumer electronics show, put on a VR headset, and watch porn, would you also be the kind of person who would try to hide your boner from watching porn around other people? Like, you wouldn't want to... you like. You know other people know you're watching porn in a VR environment. But you don't but want you them also, to know you have a boner. Yeah, you want to hide that. 
like you're like in middle school and just going to sling your backpack in front of yourself and pretend to look for a book. I just can't imagine like, look, having a boner when you shouldn't is embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Having a boner when there is sexual things in, involved is just a normal thing. Like That's true. Like but you're watching it's porn. In a pl- but it's in a place where you shouldn't. Yeah, but you shouldn't be watching porn, but if you are. Let's just we're, right. we're we're throwing that assumption on there. We are watching porn now. And everyone knows and it. And everyone sure. knows that they're watching me watch porn. I feel like if I didn't get a boner, that's almost more embarrassing to the people who put the porn on. Like I'm just like that's a that's an indictment on them. That's on you. That's yeah. a good point. Okay, fair enough. Hey, you didn't give me a boner. So you're bad at at the thing that you are making. And VR is dead. Everyone knows it. Sorry. <laughs> Ready Player One was shit. Mm-hmm. See ya. All right, Michael, what else you got for me this week? Speaking of uh, terrible products, um, read an article today that said that there is a Russian startup. And what they would like to do is they would like to put billboards in low Earth orbit. So you'd look up at the sky and uh, next to the moon, there'd just be like a, a Coca-Cola logo all lit up in the night sky. No. <laughs> no, thank you. The idea is to use programmable CubeSat satellites that can be arranged to display ads in a low Earth orbit of 250 to 310 miles. So they would just launch these CubeSats up there and they would, you know, form form your, your company logo and then, um, you know, there you go. Yeah, neat. No, that sounds fucking dismal. Uh, I know we talked about... Uh, Man, probably almost a year ago, the Humanity Star, the spinning disco ball that some dickhead in New Zealand wanted to send into orbit. And that was bad enough. Um, I can't imagine. And I, you know, the, the worst part is I know it's only a matter of time before some dickhead shoots a billboard into space. Oh, yeah, it's going to happen. And I have to say, so... I don't know if we ever talked about the guy who was going to launch himself to space in a steam-powered rocket. I know it was on our, our radar for a while, like the flat earther guy who was going to shoot himself into. We, I think we were orbit. waiting. We were waiting until he actually did it, and then it was and so anticlimactic that um, we just were like, "Well, shit." Yeah, he went up like, like three hundred feet and then crashed down, and like cool. didn't die, so it wasn't fun. Yeah, um, yeah. So. We didn't talk about him until just now, but I will say nothing would make me learn like aerodynamics and rocket like rocketry faster. I would become an expert as quickly as I could to shoot down these motherfucking satellites. I would I would become the world's foremost rocket scientist just to to destroy these things in space. I mean, that's true. There'd be a whole cottage industry, right, of people Mm -hmm you know making better and better rockets more accurate rockets to to take out these, these i don't really crowdfund many things i i don't typically believe in them i support like one patreon <laughs> i i support would our give, patreon yeah uh someone start and support our patreon <laughs> um no joke though i like if large companies were paying to put billboards in space I would crowdfund anyone who had a like missile defense system against like commercialized space. Well, I would constantly fund missiles to kill these things. That should mean that just means you're a hater, Kush. 
because yeah. Alexei Sarupsky, a member of the Start Rocket team, said, uh, if you ask about advertising and entertainment in general, haters going to hate. I assume he said it in a Russian accent, though. That alone should disqualify, like, just him saying that sentence as a as a reason <laughs> to put things in space <laughs> means he should be launched in, as, like, the first thing in, in space. Mother Russia. Hate haters you. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Damn it. Um, yeah, I don't... So, I mean, this gets back to, to a theme that I think we have sometimes. I don't like advertising. I hate it. I don't... Mm-hmm. It doesn't... It doesn't work on me, and so it makes me... Like, if I see an ad for something, I am immediately 10 times more skeptical of it than if I had come across it myself, right? I But I get I get the absolute need to have it, because, like, TV... TV and movies wouldn't exist if advertising didn't exist, right? My job wouldn't exist right. if advertising didn't exist. So, so like, yeah. I get it. It's a necessary evil. But, like, can we just draw the line at putting it in space next to the moon, please? Can we just not just not do that? I'm sure there's there are, like, has to be some sort of treaty that, like, Hey, the moon belongs to everybody. That's that's number one. Two, also, you don't just get to turn space into, like, your plaything. Yeah, but, like, people rich. have been doing this for years. I mean, it's just, how different is it than skywriting or pulling a fucking banner behind your plane? Oh, God. Fuck. That, okay, well, that just really boned my butt. Because <laughs> you know it's just going to be Pat Robertson setting up fucking bullshit. Which... By the way, man, I uh, I just I I had tuned this out, um, but I, I had to go to the dentist earlier today, and it's a fancy new dentist where they have a TV on, and they give you the remote that Ooh. you can just pick your either Netflix or they had YouTube TV. So I was watching what? CBS News in the morning because I was like the most palatable morning show I could find, but then um, they were about forty five minutes late. My my like point where we're supposed to start at eight. So I got there at eight. I was just sitting in the chair and it got to be about eight fifty <laughs> and they hadn't started. Should, so I was should have a, gotten a movie on that Netflix. Getting a little, I I almost did put on triple X because <laughs> it was on there, but it felt inappropriate for eight forty five in the morning. Um but it got to be about eight fifty and a commercial came on for at nine o'clock. Apparently the CBS affiliated in Atlanta turns over to CBN and starts the seven hundred club. And on just a normal day, not even on a Sunday or anything. Every day of the week, apparently. Wow. And I just made a <laughs> noise. And then, like, I actually <laughs> doubled, looked around to make sure that, like, the uh, hygienist was not in my room <laughs> and switched it over to ESPN. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I was, I made a visceral, like, and I was just so happy that my, I was up until the 45 minute mark, so upset that my appointment was running late. I was like, well, I mean, I'm missing work for this shit. And then I was so happy that they hadn't started yet so I could change the channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that would be terrible if you were like, they were like in your mouth doing the cleaning and all of a sudden CBN comes on, like Pat Robertson's up there and you're just like, oh, yeah, yeah. like, okay, shut up. We can't. We, yeah. yeah, I said no talking. Said Stop no moving talking. your tongue. I mean, if you, you think about it, though, um, Jesus was the original ad man. Yeah. You know? And like Michael, like you with most ads, many people have ignored his teachings and uh, just taken a wholly different message from him. You it. know, the whole loaves and fishes thing, that was just that was just a media event. 
mm-hmm. you know, to show show off what he could do. The original influencer. Yeah. I mean, that was basically like, you know, next week is going to or the next two weeks, I guess, are the, uh, you know, the Super Bowl stuff where they have all the media events. I mean, that's basically what that was. Yeah, it's true. So. More like the 12 hype, man. <laughs> Well, speaking of someone whose parents were on the 700 Club one time, um, I don't know. I really have a follow-up to that. I just wanted to say Your parents were on the 700 Club one time? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, boy. Yeah. As a a young Christian couple. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of fucked up families. (laughs) (laughs) Mostly I was giving you the perfect segue (laughs) to this. So your sister actually retweeted this. And basically said uh, something like that feeling when you realize that, like, you relate to a lot of these. And the tweet is, um, what's the most fucked up story you have of your family? Mine is when my brothers and sisters duct taped my little brother to a pole in our basement and left him there for hours. And we would periodically walk down to feed him dry Lucky Charms and water. To be clear, Michael, the way you read that made it sound like we did that to my sister. Yes. But let's be clear, we did not have a basement. <laughs> <laughs> and it was definitely it was definitely frosted flakes. Yeah. Um so it doesn't say whether they fed him the dry lucky charms like marshmallows or non-marshmallows cuz the non-marshmallows would be even meaner. Yeah. So I'm assuming it was that. Um and then it just goes on there is there's too many. There, there's too many tweets underneath it that I'm beginning to think that most children should probably be in prison. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I will say my sister. So she said when like realize a lot of this happened to you and you're like, huh, OK, <laughs> I read through this tweet and like, listen, she caught a lot of shit. But like, no, first of all. <laughs> It wasn't that bad. Um. (laughs) I was four and my sister was six. She decided we were going to play tug of war on the stairs. We tied a rope around our stomachs. Then I climbed to the top of the stairs and she climbed to the bottom. When she got to the bottom, she turned around and pulled me down the stairs. (laughs) Like that six year old literally just tried to kill a four year old. There are so many just stories murder. in there that are about, like, just st- straight-up attempted murder. Um, when I stabbed I my say, older sister with a screwdriver, she deserved it, and I'm not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so I will say, I, I, did, I did definitely, like, hit my sister, and then when she would cry, I would be like, Oh, you want to hit me? <laughs> just so we're even? <laughs> Because you're four years younger than me and hit, you know, like not at all. So, that yeah, that was not great. Um, I will say the most fucked up thing I did, and I'll be honest with you, I think this is actually my finest creative work because it came up on the fly and I was probably seven. Ooh. Seven or eight. Um, Michael, did you ever, I'm sure you've seen this in Florida, probably everywhere, though. But you see like... Um, pair of sneakers with the laces tied together thrown over a power line oh yeah yeah they used to tell us that was where you get drugs but i've never found any drugs uh yeah me neither um but i did tell um my sister amanda that um she was adopted (laughs) and that we our family got her because someone threw her over a power line (laughs) with like a shoe 
And then she <laughs> fell on the hood of our car <laughs> when we were at a stoplight. <laughs> and my parents felt so bad that they took her in. And wow. she believed that for about two years. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you're again, you're kind of a dick. That's more that's more like emotional mm-hmm. abuse though than than the physical abuse that a lot of these are showing. Mm-hmm. Um, it ta- that's very sophisticated for a seven year old too. Yeah, so I got I have I have no follow up. Uh, that was just what that was me. I'm trying to think of the the meanest thing that I did one of my siblings. I'm sure there were things, but nothing that stands out to me. So you'd have to ask my you sister. You do this all probably. the time. You do this all the time. I, I I tell you a great story about my childhood, and I look all fucked up, and you're like, I don't know, I can't remember. <laughs> I mean, I um, my mom was a hairstylist, and so we had like like a haircutting chair in the in the like playroom laundry room area, uh, and I gave my brother a haircut once, um. But he was perfectly willing. Like I didn't. Right. I didn't say like I'm. I'm holding you down and giving you a haircut. I was like, I'm gonna give you a haircut, and he was like, cool. I mean, he was like four, but he agreed. One one thing I did do. Uh, um. Well, it wasn't really me. Similar to that. Um. I let my sister take the fall for something. So me and Amanda were sitting on the couch, and my brother Jay was playing with our dog Chewy on the floor in front of us, and for some reason. My parents had a carpet cleaning like can. This was the nineties, so it was like a like a metal spray can with like plastic teeth, like scrubby teeth on the top of it for like carpet cleaner. And they just left it on the couch. <laughs> and it was next to me and Amanda, so I just pointed it out to Amanda. It was like, you should throw that at Jay. <laughs> and she did. And it hit him in the head, and he had to get 12 stitches. Hmm. And I told everyone that Amanda just picked it up and threw it without any prompting. <laughs> without any provocation. I don't know what she was doing or what she was mm-hmm. thinking. Yeah. Um, My mom tells a story about one of her siblings throwing a hammer at another sibling um, in Greece. But, yeah, so I, I can remember a lot of stories of the three of us being just absolute terrors to our babysitters. Mm-hmm. Um, just doing just terrible things. Just running out of the house. Um, you know, just just ransacking the fridge. My my yeah used to babysit us and I learned the word shit, little shit from her in Greek. Um, which is great. That's pretty good. And then the the word uh for little white ass Aspokuraki, uh, because my brother would just randomly drop his pants and run around with his bare ass out. And so mm-hmm. she would yell at him to put his little white ass away. Um so mostly we were just dickheads to other people hmm. that I can remember. I assume I blocked them all out so that we're I We're a very internal family. All of our hatred and like <laughs> aggression is very much focused. It's kind of like a circular firing <laughs> squad at the, in the Cushing household. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember. We don't cause a lot of drama outside the house, but in indoors. I do remember my real. brother throwing an Alfie at me. I don't know if you remember Alfie the robot. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, he threw one of those at me because I pissed him off one time. I don't remember what I did. I assume it was really innocuous. Um and he, you know, he just threw an Alfie at me for no reason. So yeah. there's that. 
I will say a lot of this was, I, I it feels like a lot of these uh, sibling stories are like two siblings, like one on one. Because mm-hmm. I, I feel like in my family, and it sounds like a little bit in yours, that you had three, I had four total kids. We we had to like diffuse all of our aggression against so many people. No one could get to the point of stabbing someone. I mean, like you deserved it. So like there was always someone else to get either get in trouble or like <laughs> you could mitigate your aggression out on them until it's my brother trying to drown me in a pool or something. Yeah. Then it's like one on one. But uh, there's always a lot of you had some targets to diffuse your teenage angst on. Yeah. I mean, I think that's part of it is that. uh you know, I was five years older than my brother and seven years older than my sister. So they were a lot closer in age. So they hung out a lot more um, yeah. like together. And I and I just didn't. Um, so I didn't have a whole lot of opportunity to like tell them they were adopted. Also, we all look exactly the same. So it wouldn't have gone. It wouldn't have me and my worked. siblings that somehow. I mean, like literally my mom has flame orange hair. That's true. My older brother has flame orange hair. Amanda, my youngest sister, who I told her was adopted. I mean, she was four, so I mean, her brain wasn't that good. Has flame orange hair. So you're adopted. If anyone, if anyone was adopted, it was me. <laughs> um, so yeah, but she believed it because she was very young and stupid. Oh man, there's a good one on here that I just, I just lost. Was it the uh, my brothers tied me to a cross in the front yard, oh, yeah. and all my mom did was make me move to the backyard? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was a pretty good one. Um and then one is like some of these are just weird. Like they're not mean necessarily, but like I would make my sister eat all the salt off of pretzels at the or all I would make my sister eat all the salt off of soft pretzels at baseball games because I was bored. Yeah, that's not really like how do you even do that? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh. When I was four and my sister was two, we were playing house and I was the mom. I cut off her bangs to the forehead <laughs> while she was completely naked, covered in Barbie ink stamps. And I told her the shoebox was the toilet and made her shit in it and then told my mom on her for making a mess. <laughs> like, how do kids get like this? I, this is one like probably the leading reason I'm terrified of eventually having kids is like. They're going to do shit like this because they're bored and like their brains are just kind of figuring out how the world works. So they're just like, what happens when this? What happens when I make my younger sibling who, I don't know, might be a dog. I make it shit in a box. (laughs) You are kind of testing boundaries, but also just trying to figure out like how the world works. Mm -hmm. You're like, I don't know how this works. Let's see. Let's let's like, try what, it out. What do only children do? Do they just torture? I assume every every only child tortures animals. That's just yeah, that's or just, just the other kids in their class. Hmm. Uh, so I found the one that's my absolute favorite. Let's hear it because the the mental image of it is what really drives it home for me. When I was four, my brother pissed me off, so I beat him. I beat him in the head with my wooden sandal, and I knocked him out. But I thought he was dead, so I put a blanket over him and told my mom I had to run away and wouldn't tell her why. <laughs> so he just knocks his knocks his brother off, knocks him out completely cold, and is just yeah. like, "Oh shit, I killed him! I'm gonna put this blanket over him, like a crime scene, and then I'm just gonna run away." I'm, just, I'm mom, I gotta run away. So I have t- uh, two very distinct thoughts on this. One, 
I'm just envisioning this child packing up a stick and bindle, like <laughs> just in a big red and white checkered scarf and just like got to hit the dusty trail. Mom, bye. Sorry. Which no joke. I think I did one time. I think I made that with like my toys and it was like, mom, I'm leaving. I'm pretty sure we've um, all we've all tried to pull that move. Yeah. Um, but also I'm. I don't have the exact memory, but I'm pretty sure I pulled something along the lines of I covered my sister up with a blanket because I thought she was dead. <laughs> Amanda, feel free to tweet about this if that actually happened. I'm sure it did. <laughs> did I did I think I murdered you and so I covered your body with a blanket? I mean, at least he didn't like try to bury her or bury yeah. him. In the, at least she didn't try to bury him in the backyard or something. I don't think I did that. <laughs> <laughs> well michael i think that's gonna do it for us this week on trends of the places do you have any closing thoughts for us um no only so this was the all these the string of tweets was from uh twitter it was at lucas battle so uh you should definitely go check those definitely out. go check that out it's a good one it's, there's just so many there's so many and it it makes you realize why we're all, why we're all fucked up as a country I mean, I don't think this is unique to... I feel like this is... Kids around the world, they're just torturing their siblings. <laughs> I feel like this is one thing that unites us as, as people around the it world. It makes us all stronger. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I honestly feel like I'm... I have a stronger bond with all my siblings because we each tried to kill each other when we were kids. <laughs> but also, I am... I can't be killed in the same ways by anyone else because they all tried it. That's a good point. It's up to your siblings to... Try to kill you in as many ways as possible so that you're ready for the real world. It's like whatever life God. throws at you, you're ready. Yeah. This is going to be a deep cut for most people that probably listen to this show. But, Michael, are you feeling like a roguelike, a roguelike video game? A roguelike video game? Basically, the whole point of the game is to keep dying until you learn like the patterns of the game. Oh, and like the game is like you keep doing the same levels over and over and you get a little bit further each time. That's, I feel like that's what being a kid with siblings is like. You're just like, okay, well, that didn't work. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's up to your siblings to strengthen the younger siblings, right? The older siblings mm-hmm. will strengthen the younger siblings. And the younger siblings are acting as guinea pigs so that the older siblings can figure out how far they can go without actually murdering their siblings. And I will say, and just, I, I came off sounding like a bad person and brother, but I will say, I feel like I earned all the emotional torment I gave to my sister because I did save her from drowning in our pool one time. <laughs> so I feel like I, I saved it. her life. So it she owed me the blood debt. <laughs> so I got to continually mess with her. Also, you had older siblings. So you're just passing it down. It's just another hand me down. I don't know if that's technically paying it forward. But yeah, it feels like it. I, I mean, yes. Yeah. Shit runs downhill. There's a lot of shit in the Cushing household, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> okay, one more one more thing before we close it out. Let's hear it. So you you sent me this, and it, it broke me. I couldn't stop laughing. So it's from Reddit. Today I fucked up. Today I fucked up because I finally learned how to wipe my butt. I asked my girlfriend the other day, why do the doors of the bathroom stalls have space on the bottom? And she told me they're like that so you can we can easily see if a stall is occupied or not. In a duh tone. I followed up by saying, but sometimes people can see my butt. She started laughing her butt off and asking, 
how and why. So I had to explain why my butt was so low to the ground. I wiped my butt after pooping by taking a step forward <sighs> off the toilet and squatting real low. <laughs> At which point I'm saying they can't see just your butt. No, they see everything. They're seeing all your business. They're seeing you perform the, the actions. By the way, this is a 20-year-old 20 man. 20-year-old man. Who's been wiping keep, his butt wrong for 20 years. Keep going. I then argued with her that my wiping method was normal until she showed me a link to www.howdowipeyourbutt.com. Which is amazing. Which is awesome. And I was shocked. We were both curious where and how I even learned that from. Was it a potty training error? Apparently not. We asked my parents, sibling, grandparents, cousin, aunts, and uncles if they wipe their butt by squatting too. But no one does that except for me. How awkward was that fucking conversation with all of your aunts and uncles? Like, I would. Can you imagine a a twenty year old person coming to you to not just your like as a parent? Yeah, you get the question. You're like, what? But then apparently you get a text later from your other child and be like, uh, Danny just asked me if I do this. And then grandparents, cousin, like they ask everyone. You think why you would, would just you go to like, like parents and siblings would have been enough? Like, I feel like a, a a test group of three people. Yeah, a sample size of three is enough to be like, oh, I fucked up. Well, I also think like if your parents and your sibling says no, then you don't need to go to the grandparents and cousins and aunts because it's not like you learned p- ass wiping things from your cousins that you did not learn from your parents or sibling, right? I learned it from Grandpa, seeing his balls hang down to the floor when he was squatting to wipe his butt. I learned it from you, Grandpa. Um, yeah. I will say, so the potty trainer, I'll say this. I remember distinctly when I learned myself how to appropriately pee at a urinal. <laughs> appropriately? How do you inappropriately pee at the urinal? Okay, so as a young boy, probably of six or seven, maybe a little younger, I'm trying to remember the exact age, but as a young lad, I would totally drop trow, pull my shirt up, yep. tuck it under my chin mm-hmm. to keep all my clothes separate from my, my ding ding, and pee into the urinal. And I remember I was actually at church, and I went to the urinal, and I did that. I tucked my shirt up and my pants were just down around my Yankees and some older boys laughed at me. How old and are I you looked at over, this point? I was like six. Oh, that's yeah. I mean, I have a problem when I go into when I go into a bathroom and I'm standing at a urinal and a that small child comes to pee in a urinal next to me. And then they just completely like basically drop trow. And I'm like, OK, this is awkward now. Yeah. Where's your well, dad? L- yeah. Um. So I did that. And probably some like. 11 or 12 year olds laughed at me and I didn't understand why they were laughing to start. But then I I picked up on it and then I I scoped what they were doing with their, you know, pants and underwear not around their ankles (laughs) and their asses hanging out. I was like, oh, I'm going to do that and not what my dad taught me to do, which was to drop my pants to the floor. Mm. He just didn't want to deal with it. (laughs) And so, I mean, I guess I get it in that. You're taught to do something in a certain way as a child because it's 
easier for your parents to be like, I don't want to, I don't want you to come back with piss all over your pants <laughs> or your shirt because yeah, you, you're an idiot. Okay, have you ever no, seen the, I'm just saying, the but, floor but in the, front of a urinal? It is the grossest thing you've ever seen in your life. And you're just letting your kid drop his pants right onto that. Listen, it was the 90s. I don't know. But also, apparently, I mean, listen, it's not that hard to pee in a urinal. I, I was doing it correctly, targeting wise at six. But all I'm saying is, I at least had context clues around me that, ooh, I di- I'm doing this wrong and I'm getting laughed at. Yeah. In in the stall environment, if you're just dropping your butt and, again, balls and dick <laughs> <laughs> below the the stall window, <laughs> no one's laughing at you in the stall. Yes, they are, probably. Somebody's had like, to have laughed at you at some point and been like, Dude, why are your dick and balls and ass just hanging out? <laughs> we can see you. And that is something that, like, like clearly his dick and balls were hanging down, and he doesn't address that, <laughs> which I feel like is a, a massively... Oh, my God, Michael, why did you... <laughs> so on www.highwiperbutt.com, um, step three is... Just the... A, a line drawing of a hand with a wad of toilet paper and it says, on the don't- middle finger... <laughs> Don't be afraid to enter just a little. Just a little. Just a little. And so, and this is why, Michael, you get Reddit threads about Christian boys who don't wipe between their cheeks because <laughs> they think it's gay to touch your own butthole. Also, that website for, tells you to use one square of, it tells you to use three for step one, two for step two, and one for step three. Using one square of toilet paper anytime you're wiping anywhere near your butt is a very risky proposition. The like third comment is, I don't care what that website says, well, using one square of paper is risky as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Destined for a finger poke through. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Anyone out there, we want to hear from you if you don't know how to wipe your butt and you squat <laughs> in front of the toilet seat with all of your all of your giblets for the for the world to see. I'll say this. If you just have any weird toilet habits, go ahead and make a Twitter and just like tweet about it using hashtag Kushquad because we want to know. Mm-hmm. Don't don't email us directly because that feels weird. <laughs> I don't want to really hear about your toilet habits, but send it out to the world and we'll just pick up on it. If your name is not Dave, please send us something about your toilet habits. <laughs> yeah, because I actually know enough about Dave's toilet habits. He. He might text me every time it happens. Oh, it's shit. It's like eight times a day. One of the comments on this thread is, there's a guy at my work that pulls his pants and underpants down to his knees when he pisses in the urinal. So he never got but, laughed at enough, apparently. See, he never got laughed at at church. Mm-hmm. I did. There's, I, I'm going to say, there's nothing, you know, as much as we, we went through that thread about siblings shaming and hurting each other, there is a a lot to be said about being brutally made fun of. As a as a life like affirming skill or like it makes you grow a little bit. Yeah. I mean, if you're doing something that's obviously wrong, like ideally someone would pull you aside and be like, hey, you know, you're not doing that right. But like if you're pissing at a urinal with your whole ass hanging out, like, yeah, think about it. Yeah. I mean, we like kids aren't kids aren't very tactful. So this is how they get it across. They make fun of you mercilessly until you stop. Mm hmm. So it's the it's the only language Kids know. Merciless mocking. I don't know. <laughs> My ex would get off the toilet, turn around, and then wipe while standing from back to front. I don't even know how that works. 
Wait, what? Sorry, say it again. My ex would get off the toilet, turn around, and then wipe what? while standing from back to front. So they basically reach between their legs, I guess, and pull it forward. Forward? I mean, that's the okay. opposite. That's not the right direction. That's where the stuff is. You want to go away from the stuff. <laughs> Take it away from the stuff. <laughs> I I just don't understand the. You have to turn around to do that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, Michael, I think that's going to do it for us this week on Trends in Low Places. Unless you have a shower thought, which I can't really imagine one that gets better than everything we just talked about with the cool poop stuff. Nope. Well, everyone, if you enjoyed this show, you can find out more information at goodbuddymedia.com. Um, you can also find out more information about our sister show, The Longest Days of Our Lives, in which Michael and I and our good friend Curtis talk about every single episode of the hit show 24. And guess what? We did it. The finale of season two came out last week. We you can did enjoy it. that anywhere mm, podcasts mm, are mm. found. And you can enjoy episode one of season three. Probably today in the same day that this episode comes out. Yes. So. Get there. First of all, we did the last episode live. It was a real bitch to edit, but it's out and it's great. And you should check that out. But even if, if you've you want never to get seen in, 24, just pop in episode 24 of hour 24 of, of day two and just follow along with us. We have the show audio back down there. We're talking about it as it goes on. You can play the drinking game with us. And just have a grand time. I guarantee and you it'll be fun. If you want to get in on the ground floor of the best season, probably maybe one or two of the best seasons, we're going to start season three today. Even if you've never seen 24, I guarantee you'll like the show if you like our show. It's the same dumb brand of humor, but we also make really timely political <laughs> jokes and mostly talk about Curtis's cats. Um, so it's great. Uh, if you want to get in on that, we're going to be, we're back in action. We're got back on a, weekly or bi-weekly cadence but we are we are back into that show so new if you like year, this new one you'll us yes well three weeks into the new year new us um but if you like this show you will almost certainly like that one even if you've never seen uh 24 so don't feel uh burdened by that and also you can reach us at if you want to send us a message or have us read a message to someone else on air or send us an idea or story you can reach us at goodbuddymedia at gmail.com. We read every single message we get. Uh, we'd love to hear from everybody. So uh, please take a, uh, a moment, send us a message, even if it's just to say hi. We'd love to hear from you. So, Michael, how else can people help us out? You can find us on your podcast app of choice by searching for Trends in Low Places. And you can also find our sister show that Kush was talking about, Longest Days of Our Lives, by searching for Longest Days of Our Lives. Um, and please uh, subscribe to both of those shows um, and give us a rating and or a review if you would be ever so kind. Um, you can also find us on the social medias, uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Tilpcast uh, or by searching Trends in Low Places. And please retweet, uh, share our posts, especially when we have a new episode out. Um, that's the best way for us to get out to as many people as possible is by uh, you guys telling people about it. So we appreciate those who have been doing that. And uh, we encourage the rest of you to do it as well. Um, and I think I think I nailed it. Yeah, you killed it. You did it. We loved it. Uh, well, Michael, it's been lovely talking with you, buddy. Love you. Love you too. Toodles. Thank you.